stand up to begin worship. What do you say? Wake now our senses, wake now our consciences, wake now our visions. We gather today to hone our understanding, to feel compassion for the vulnerable, and to imagine a more just and caring world. As individuals, we tend our own separate fires. We keep our hearths warm, we keep our loved ones fed, if we're fortunate. We create light for study or work. But as we kindle our chalices today, we remember the power of combining our flames, gathering our spirits. When we join together, we do great things. So come, let us celebrate once again. Will you join me in singing, please? It's number 347 in the gray hymnal, Gather the Spirit. Gather the Spirit, harvest the power, our separate fires will kindle one flame. Witness the mystery of this hour. Our trials in the light appear all the same. Gather in peace, gather in thanks, gather in sympathy now and then. Gather again gather the spirit of heart and mind seeds for the sowing are laid in store nurtured in love and conscience refined with body and spirit united once more Say 
Please be seated. Good morning. There you all are. And a few more of you on Zoom. Let's give them a nice little wave into the camera. Now everybody on Zoom, wave back. <laughs> We're glad it's you and you in the family room. Welcome to First Unitarian. I am Blake. I'm so glad to be here with all of you. Our services are multi-generational. They are alive with the sounds and sense of people in a room. Those might include devices, an occasional buzz or boop, maybe the sort of device which maintains a certain quality of life. Freedom of movement down the aisle may be what you need or what the person trying to get out of your row needs. Some families may feel more comfortable in the family room across the hall where you can watch the stream service on a monitor with sound. Kids may be content to draw at the table in the back. Some kids may want to sit in the front row, or any of you. We have music to awaken the senses today, to bring us more fully into this space. Gamelan is a music from Indonesia, specifically the island of Java.
we apologize about the audio situation. Oh, they are working on it. In our hearts today. Who needs to feel our love from nearby or from afar? Take a consider, take a moment to consider who needs some uplift today. And when I make the sound ohm, I invite you to speak their names and names of the people and places into our sanctuary. To these intentions, we add these from our congregation. We lift up Pat Parrish, a former congregant who passed last week. May her family be comforted by the memories of her and may light perpetual shine upon Pat. And we celebrate with Ariel Feltz and Justina Schmidt as they welcome their new baby, Lucius. And may Lucius feel the love of this congregation and thrive. All these we lift up to the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. Let's join our hearts in prayer using the words of the Brazilian theologian, Claudio Cavalles. Spirit of life, we come to you as we are, not always very strong and courageous. We pray, give us a clear understanding of what is going on. Give us the strength to fight for justice. Let us hear the call of the Spirit so we can follow in our ancestors' footsteps and speak out for those who have been made speechless. Our ancestors have told us, be not afraid. So let all fear vanish like the dust that is blown away in the wind. And let us know that we can create a better world for our descendants. And may we all be held in the heart of love. Peace be with you. I invite you to rise in body or spirit and join me in singing the first two verses of Wake Now My Senses, number 298 in the Grey Hymnal.
seated. You know, these are hard days. Not a surprise to hear that. And uh, this might surprise you, believe it or not, but on some of these hard days, I like to take some comfort from the Bible. For example, I mean, there are stories that I love. I like the story about the men who were about to stone the woman who was accused of adultery. And uh, Jesus said, well, you know, if your slate is clean, then you can, you can cast the first stone. And, well, that just shut them right up. That's pretty cool, right? And uh, I really like um, Fishes in the Loaves, really positive story, you know, kind of taking a little bit of things, making a lot of it, right? You know, the Song of Solomon is, oh, thank you, thank you. The Song of Solomon, that's some pretty hot stuff there, right? <laughs> so let's just take a moment to enjoy a little of the good book, you know? Shall we? Thank you, Blake. I appreciate it very much. Uh, where do we start? Um, well, let's start at the beginning with some Genesis. What do you say? Um, you got a few hours, right? <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, here's one. Um, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and every living thing that moves on the earth. That's just a little creepy, right? Uh, so let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's try uh, a little later in the Hebrew Bible. Let's do some uh, Deuteronomy. What do you say? Uh, let's see. Here's one. Um, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord, your God, and walk in obedience to him, then all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. Lord will make you head, not the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Uh, that's not really my theology, but, you know, like someone else. Well, let's keep looking, you know. Maybe the problem is I need to look at the New Testament. So, yeah, that's it. Let's, let's go do some Book of Matthew. Uh, okay, Book of Matthew, Book of Matthew. Uh, well, here's just something picked at random. Uh, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Well, well you know what? Um, maybe that's enough with the Bible for today. <laughs> Let's just give it a little break, you know. Sometimes the Bible's helpful, sometimes not so much. Thanks, Blake.
if you're new to church, you may not know about our Social Justice Committee auction. It's an annual fundraiser to support the important work here at First Unitarian. And one of the highlights of it is that folks can bid for the right to choose a sermon topic for each of the ministers. So after some feverish bidding, the winning topic for me was, what's so bad about being woke? What's so bad about being woke? That's a really intriguing question. I like to think that that question is a response to the ways that right-wing media outlets like to use the word woke as an insult. And I suppose they want to portray so-called woke people as terribly deluded, detached from reality, and also they are arrogant elitists who want to take away hardworking Americans' freedom of speech. In the right-wing view of things, woke people are the ones who are actually creating the division in this country by insisting that we look at everything through the lens of race and gender and sexuality. Woke people, according to them, are constantly trying to teach critical race theory to our kids and also to make them gay by having them watch Drag Story Hour. But by the way, uh, during the pandemic when we were online, First Unitarian hosted a couple of Drag Story Hours. Uh, sorry about converting your kids, parents. <laughs> so obviously this portrayal of so-called wokeness is nonsense. And it's meant to make people who don't know what real progressive activism looks like, it's meant to make them think it's unserious nonsense. Because we're Unitarian Universalists, I don't think I have to explain that progressive activism is very serious. I know that because there are so many people in this congregation who do that activism in so many ways, important and varied ways. But when the noise from the right wing gets too loud, it's tempting to feel like we need to apologize for being progressive or just not mention our views at all to people for fear of being ridiculed. And that's one goal, one of the goals of that propaganda machine is to make us self-conscious about our values. But as progressive religious people, it's more important than ever that we are open about our beliefs. And it's important now because we are facing a huge rise in Christian fascism. And that rise is partly due to the rise of a theology called dominionism. So, woo -woo -woo, jargon alert, lights and sirens. <laughs> we need some, we have some jargon that needs explaining here. So Christian fascism or Christofascism is when a crude version of Christianity is used to justify replacing a democratic form of government with fascism. So Christian fascisms invent a kind of moral superiority to justify organized violence on a large square, on a large scale, pardon me. Propping up Christian fascism is a pseudo theology called dominionism. So dominion theology is really just a political ideology used by people to justify creating a nation governed by Christians using so-called biblical law. So those Bible quotes that I read, I didn't choose them at random. They are the parts of the Bible that have been cherry-picked by the supporters of dominionism to support their theology. So exhibit A, 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and the fowl of the air, and every living thing that moveth on the earth. That's, that's taken as a moment, as an instruction, that the Christian should be in charge of everything. I want to take a moment here before we go any further and be clear that I'm not saying that the whole Bible was bad and no one should read it. I'm saying that it should be read with understanding. Readers should have an understanding of the context of the times that it was written in and how translation has worked over the centuries and why certain books ended up being included in the Bible and other books are not. So I invite people to be an informed reader of the Bible. And for, for folks who are curious enough to take a run at the Bible, I recommend a great book by a historian of Christianity named Marcus Borg. Marcus Borg. He wrote a book called Reading the Bible Again for the First Time. Taking the Bible seriously, but not literally. So that was, I actually, you know, I actually feel like I had a copy of it and I lent it to someone in this congregation. So if you're done with it, I'd like it back. <laughs> uh, if you're not done with it, keep it as long as you need it. But anyways, check out the Bible, but do it with context. Reading the Bible again for the first time. It's a really great framework for understanding what you're seeing. So the Christo-fascists have a strategy for creating an American Taliban here in the States. It's called the Seven Mountain Mandate. And the idea is that Christians need to take over the seven mountains of society. And that is media, government, education, the economy, arts and culture, religion, duh, and the family. Each of these areas needs to be controlled by people following biblical law, whatever that is. This theory is not just held by a tiny crackpot fringe of society. You know who believes in dominion theology? Senator Ted Cruz of our neighboring state of Texas. His father is a leader of the New Apostolic Reformation Movement, which is one of the organizations following the Seven Mountain Mandate. And Ted Cruz is far from alone among our federal leaders who think this is a viable theology. It is pervasive. Dominionists call their efforts freedom of religion. But they are not talking about the ability to practice the religion of their choice in their homes and houses of worship. They are talking about the ability to discriminate in their daily work. They are talking about their ability to discriminate as they participate in the public square, be it refusing to bake a cake for a gay couple planning a wedding, or denying reproductive health care insurance to their, to their employees. And here's an example from right here in Albuquerque. Sagebrush Church, which has branches on Montgomery and over on the west side on Coors, it has a requirement that when a person applies for a job with them, and you can go online and see this, it has a requirement that when they apply, the first thing they must do is sign a statement saying that they are in agreement with the mission and beliefs of Sagebrush Church. Now, on its face, that's not a totally far-fetched idea. You know, when First Unitarian hires, and we've done a lot of hiring over the past couple of years, we make it clear that they can, that any new employee can practice any religion that they want. And we encourage people to find their spiritual tradition and, and get help from it. 
But we also ask that while they're at work, they, they have to support the mission and values of this church. And when I'm conducting an interview, I always say that those values include us joyfully marrying and, or, and ordaining queer and trans folks. And I get a gut check from them right there, the look on their face when I say that. It's never been a problem. But at Sagebrush, if you want to get a job as a custodian, before you even get to the part of the application where you list your prior jobs or describe your knowledge of good custodial practices, you have to sign an agreement saying that you believe that homosexuality is a sin and that marriage is between a man and a woman before you even get in the front door. And I want to be clear, I don't want to get, I'm going to talk about the difference between us and them right now, and I don't want to make them into the other, but also we need to be clear about how we are different. First Unitarian is a welcoming, and they are not. We offer a life-expanding theology, they offer a life-limiting theology. So when I say it's more important than ever to not apologize for being woke, for having progressive values, this is exactly what I'm talking about, because it's happening all around us. Now, this may sound like a political discussion, but I really think that it is not. I'm preaching about this because we need to understand as religious people, as Unitarian Universalists, that we are part of a movement to make a more just and caring world. It's not a passive act. When I was in seminary, they told us that theology is not something that we believe. Theology is something we do. As Unitarian Universalists, we need to understand when the conversations we are witnessing are actually, actually about religion and belief, then we know that so we can respond from our theological grounding. So back to the Christofascists. This moment right now, 2022, is far from the first time that Christianity has been used to promote fascism in this country. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to the excellent podcast by Rachel Maddow called Ultra, Ultra, I strongly recommend it. It talks about the rise of Christofascism in the United States in the 30s and 40s. Part of it is about a Roman Catholic priest named Father Charles E. Coughlin, who had a national radio show. He was huge, absolutely the biggest religious leader, most, you know, most front and center religious leader at the, of the time. And that show was blatantly anti-Semitic, and he blatantly promoted Nazism. He supported an organization called the Christian Front, which plotted to overthrow the government. Many of them were arrested for that. And he did it all under the framework of religious teaching. So I invite you to listen to the podcast and hear the rest of this amazing and terrifying story. It's called Ultra by Rachel Maddow. So good. And it will also sound really familiar to those of us living now. Now, the focus of Christian, Christian fascists back then was primarily on stigmatizing Jewish people. And one of the tactics that fascism takes is to identify some group as the other, as the enemy, and then unite their base in opposition to that group. There still is plenty of anti-Semitism employed by the Christo fascists these days. It's very in our face. But now there is much more focus on queer and trans folks. And there is a direct connection between the Christo fascism language and the rise of violence against marginalized people 
especially queer and trans folks. I hate to bring up a painful topic, but we are indeed here to talk to each other truthfully. What happened at Club Q in Colorado Springs hurt this congregation in very personal ways. People in this congregation lost friends. People in this congregation are more afraid now for their personal safety. And it was our former staff person, Beth Elliott, who organized the vigil at the UU Church that held the space for over 700 people who were grieving hard over several hours. We are in the middle of this and we can't ignore it. It's gotten so bad that the Department of Homeland Security issued a terrorism advisory at the end of November, just a couple weeks ago. And I want to read part of it. In the coming months, threat actors could exploit several upcoming events to justify or commit acts of violence, including certifications related to the midterm elections, the holiday seasons, and associated large gatherings, the marking of two years since the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, and potential socio-political developments connected to ideological beliefs or personal hostility. Targets of potential violence include, among other things, the LGB LGBTQI plus community. That's from the Department of Homeland Security. That's the federal government. The podcast ultra reminds us that Contrary to the myth that we tell ourselves as a country, fascism rises in the, in the United States on a regular basis. It comes up over and over, appealing to a predictable portion of the population. It's horrible, but it also tells us that we need to take it on in multiple ways. We need to fight the fascists when they run for office. We need to defend the integrity of the election process. And if they are secretly organizing to terrorize people, we need to infiltrate and expose them. If they are doing crimes, prosecutors need to charge them. That's what happened in the 40s, and that's what has to happen now. It's up to us not to come directly into conflict with the Christian fascists, but to offer a counter-narrative in our country. We Unitarian Universalists need to make sure that people know that progressive religion is alive and well in this country. All the bad religion, all the awful things that happen in religion gets the press. And it's so rare that people understand that there are churches and there are synagogues and there are all kinds of houses of worship that are genuinely welcoming, genuinely justice seeking. We need to stand up for the vulnerable people among us as a congregation and as a community. We need to look out for our people. And a good way to do that is to collaborate with organizations that share our values. So I'm, I'm delighted to share that Nathan Saavedra and from Equality New Mexico and Joan Sanford from the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, they're gonna be in our social hall after the 11 a.m. service. So if you wanna go out to breakfast and come back in and talk to them, uh, they would love to talk to you. Go talk to them. The work they're doing is urgent and they're incredibly knowledgeable. And if you can't speak to them today, and I understand if you need to get on with your day, do reach out to them on their websites this week. That's Equality New Mexico and the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. 
I just had a day-long seminar with them. They're preparing for another legislative season in this coming 2023, uh, and there's a lot of bills that have, are very high stakes for the most vulnerable people in our community. So give them a, give them a check out. So what's so bad about being woke? Nothing is. In fact, as religious people, we are asked to consider the effects of our religious postures. Now, I don't think we should define ourselves just by being in opposition to the Christo-fascists. That's a negative identity where we let other folks say who we are. Rather, I think we are asked to think about what we're called to do. And then we're asked to live into that calling. As Unitarian Universalists, we're called to affirm and expand life. We live into creating a more just and caring world. And we start with ourselves, we start with our congregation, and we start with our immediate community. Let's do it. Blessed be, and may it be so. I invite you to join me in finishing that beautiful hymn, number 298, verses 5 and 6 are printed up at the top of the next page, just the words. <laughs> Wake now my conscience with justice thy kind Join with all people whose rights are denied Take not for granted a privileged place God's love embraces all human race Wake now my vision last month's vigil here in Albuquerque for the five people who died in the attack on Club Q. I wasn't sure I belonged. Sure, like millions, I had a reason to grieve the hateful violence, to honor the victims, to show solidarity with an LGBTQIA plus community increasingly targeted by hateful actions ever emboldened by dominionist beliefs. I also had reason now as a transgender human being to call that my community. But could I? Did I get to? Imposter syndrome, it's called. It's pretty familiar. And it's only gotten worse the more I show up as myself. So I was talking to someone after the vigil, tried to explain 20 years of living in this city 
without connecting more to the queer community, even if much of it predated the time I've known I was trans. I mentioned this community, but as a counter to the one I was witnessing. I mean, I mean, I have my church, but I said those words. I have my church, but, but what? But not everything else? But that that can't possibly mean I march in solidarity with your cause, really? There's no having your church, but. The work of this church is not a self-contained undertaking, as if the real work is going on outside these walls. We are that anti-racist, anti-hate, anti-poverty work you care about right here on this campus, in those chat boxes, and in this offering basket. We can't let institutional imposter syndrome get the best of us, as if it's some network of support which exists outside this church community that will put the movement over the top. This is the movement. Change for the future is one way we do that. The work of these organizations we adopt becomes our work. Street Safe New Mexico is our current partner from now through February, a small, all-volunteer-run organization that provides essential services to women trafficked in the sex trade, many at the same time unhoused or in need of mental health or other care. Donations and envelopes marked CFF will go to this essential work for people living in our city whose safety and well-being is never a given. Change for the Future continues in 2023, and it will be up to members of this congregation to decide where the funds go next. The first step is nominations, which we are accepting now through the end of December, to then be voted on by church members at the annual meeting in January. Go to our website, at uuabq.org under justice for the criteria and application. It's all part of the same thing. Your small donation, that conversation you have with somebody new in the courtyard, it already counts as the movement. It's legit. I have my church. You have this church because you are this church and your generosity is already making a difference in the world. Thank you.
What is generously given is received with much gratitude. Thank you on behalf of First Unitarian, and thanks on behalf of Street Safe New Mexico. I want to just, before I pass over to Blake, just offer a quick update on our annual pledge campaign. We're wrapping up. Uh, at the moment, as of last Monday, we had 361 pledges for a total of about $755,000. That means we need another 290000 to meet our goal. And I'll be honest, we have fallen a little bit behind from our pace from last year. So we have a little catching up to do, but I imagine we'll get there. All right, Blake's got some announcements and invitations. We have some invitations. Uh, a lot of holiday activities in the works. Animal Advocates Holiday Craft Fair in Memorial Hall today. 30% of proceeds go to local animal rescue organizations. The Penguin family is once again taking donations for the next two weeks of toiletries, food, and other needs for the APS Title I Homeless Project that helps students whose families are experiencing homelessness. Stop by their collection boxes outside to find out more. And Gamelan Encantada will be gracing us this afternoon with a performance at 2 o'clock if you want to come back. Um, and lay back uh, and take that in uninterrupted uh, at 2 p.m. And on Christmas Eve, we will have multi-generational services at four and six, combining with our Albuquerque Center of Spiritual Living, um, who's sharing our campus at this time. And also the Manara Muslim community will be participating in the Christmas Eve too, which is really going to be special. So yeah. looking forward to those planning meetings. <laughs> That'll be wonderful. Uh, and Christmas Day, which is a Sunday, will be Zoom only at 9 a.m. Yeah. All right. If we have anybody who is new here who feels like get being greeted warmly, if you could just put your hand up. Everybody new? I don't think everybody's new. Let's give ourselves an applause then. <laughs> and maybe we have new people. Maybe we have new people on Zoom. So let's wave to the folks on Zoom. If you're new, we're glad to see you. And also, there's probably 90 folks on Zoom. So consider, think about yourself <laughs> surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. And in that that spirit, let's. I invite you to rise. Place one hand on your heart. Let's make the peace gesture towards each other. Sending expressions. <laughs> Blessed be, and please be seated. And while you're standing, I'd love to Wait, teach sorry. you. <laughs> this is by Sarah Lynch Thomason. I, there are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know. There are more waters rising, they will find their way to me. There are more waters rising, this I know. I'll sing a line, you sing it back, and then we'll just start going into the verses. There are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know. There, there are more waters, waters rising, rising this I know. My turn. There are more 
waters rising, they will find their way to me. There are more riders rising, they will find their way to me. There are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know. There are more waters rising, this I know, this I know. There are no waters rising, this I know. I will wade through the waters when they find their way to me. I will wade through the waters, this I know, this I know. I will wade through the waters, this I know. Now we go up. I will wade through the waters when they find their way to me. I will wade through the waters, this I know. This I know. I will wade through the waters, this I know. Let's get a beat going. There are more fires burning, this I know. This I know. There are more fires burning, this I know. There are more fires burning, this I know. They will find their way to me. There are more fires burning, this I know. This I know. There are more fires burning, this I know. I will walk through the fires. I will walk through the fires, this I know. This I know. I will walk through the fires, this I know. I will walk through the fires when they find their way to me. I will walk through the fires, this I know, this I know. I will walk through the fires, this I know. There are more mountains falling, there are more mountains falling, this I know, this I know. There are more mountains falling, this I know. There are more mountains falling, they will find their way to me. There are more mountains falling, this I know, this I know. There are more mountains falling, this I know. I will build up those mountains. I will build up the mountains, this I know, this I know. I will build up the mountains, this I know. I will build up the mountains when they find their way to me. I will build up the mountains, this I know, this I know. I will build up the mountains, this I know. Thank you. Let us remember that this church is a movement. Go in peace and practice radical love.